Welcome to the Primary Source Podcast. My name is Tom Bober, a school librarian in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri. This podcast is here to explore the uses of primary sources in K-12 libraries and classrooms. We'll dig into resources and teaching strategies, talk to educators who are utilizing primary sources, and supporters of educators who curate these incredible items and use them in their work. Well, hopefully everyone is back into the swing of things for the second half of the school year. And I know that that looks a lot different for a lot of different people. But one thing that I was doing this past weekend to get ready for not only the school year or a school project, but also to work on one of my upcoming picture book and primary source write-ups was to look at the book called The Teacher's March, How Selma's Teachers Changed History. This is written by Sandra Neal Wallace and Rich Wallace and illustrated by Charlie Palmer. And it tells the story of the teacher's march that took place in Selma in 1965. And prior to this book coming out, this was not an event that I was at all familiar with. I would suspect that if you bring this picture book into your classroom, be it your upper elementary or your middle school or your high school classroom, this is probably going to be an event that your students are also not going to be familiar with. And it's incredibly thorough. It gives a great account of the march itself in the 32 or so pages of the book. But of course, when I see a historically based picture book, I always wonder what else is out there, specifically what primary sources are out there to support the picture book itself and maybe some other additional learning that we could do with students. And so I took off on a bit of a journey for this book, not sure of what exactly I was going to find. If you are already a listener to this podcast, you know how much I like Chronicling America, the digital newspaper database. But unfortunately, Chronicling America stops in, I think it's 63, maybe 64. And so there was not going to be any coverage of this particular event in Chronicling America. So I knew I had to go elsewhere. And I was a little unsure of where I could find material and came across some incredible interviews in the American Archive of Public Broadcasting. Now, I know I talked about AAPB in the last episode with regard to the fix-it feature that they have, but I wanted to highlight some other elements of AAPB as far as the collection is concerned. The reason that I want to do this is because as I talk to librarians and other educators about utilizing primary sources, the most time-consuming part is often finding the sources themselves, doing the searches, and actually finding what is out there. And truth be told, unless you are familiar with certain websites or certain databases that are available freely to use for educators or anyone, a lot of these results are not going to show up in your first couple of rounds or first couple of pages of a Google search. So having some go-to places to do searches can be a really huge benefit to being effective in finding primary sources, either that you're going to use 
with students or in directing students to places where they can do their own searches for primary sources. And the American Archive of Public Broadcasting has, be has become, in the last couple of years, a resource that I've used more and more. It is a collection of public radio and television recordings, and I believe they go back six or seven decades. They are from across the country, and there is more of the collection being digitized and put online all of the time. One element that I want to highlight today are specifically interviews that are held on AAPB. And these interviews are the raw footage interviews that are then used in documentaries, some of which I'm sure you have seen, many of which I'm sure that you have heard of. So let me go ahead and give a quick rundown and excuse the long list here. But again, if you don't know what's on the site, you might not go to the source when you're looking for primary sources related to a specific topic. So I'm just going to read the names of the documentaries. And there are a couple here that I'm not familiar with. So I would have to dig deeper just by clicking through and reading the synopsis for the documentary itself to learn a little bit more. Let me tell you how I get here first. The website, AmericanArchive.org. And the first thing that you want to do from there is to look for their special collections. And they're right there listed in a short list of links on the front page. So very easy to find. From there, it's going to give you some highlighted special collections. And there's a link to view all special collections. Now, these are a list of all types of show collections, but I'm specifically going to point out the ones that have the raw footage interviews that are used to then build these documentaries that public broadcasting stations are so well known for. So we're going to go ahead and start with To the Moon interviews, of course dealing with the moon landing, American Masters interviews, Ken Burns' Civil War interviews, John Brown's Holy War interviews, the murder of Emmett Till interviews, Stonewall Uprising interviews, documentary on 1964 interviews from that, interviews related to the Reconstruction, Africans in America interviews, the Great Depression interviews, Vietnam, a television history interviews, Jubilee Singer interviews, Re Freedom Writer interviews, the abolitionist interviews, and of course, the one that I found my interviews for this particular pairing with the picture book, the Eyes on the Prize interviews. As you can imagine, the further back the particular documentary focuses on, the less likely that these interviews are going to necessarily be primary sources. For our purposes with my pairing picture books and primary sources, that's something that I'm looking for. I'm looking for that primary source, that direct connection of the individual who was directly connected to the time period and not necessarily an expert or an educator or a historian that knows a lot about the time period. All of those interviews would fall under, of course, secondary sources. That being said, there may be times where you're looking for really great secondary sources, where you're looking for historians and educators who can summarize an event or an individual in a way that is going to be compelling and draw them in. And I know many teachers show segments from some of these documentaries or other documentaries 
to show just that. I think there are some benefits, though, to looking at the raw footage itself. First of all, and I think this is probably one that's the most obvious, there's going to be additional footage that never gets used in that documentary. And it doesn't mean that that information in that footage isn't valuable. It just means that, of course, it didn't fit the narrative story that was being told in the time frame that was being told for the documentary. So there could be many pieces of information, many stories, many facts that are shared, many perspectives that are shared in those interviews that students would find valuable and you as an educator would find valuable. I would also say though that another element that I really appreciate in the raw footage interviews is you get a chance to hear the person interviewing the individual on camera. So I get a chance to hear the question. I get a chance to hear if that interviewer asked them to restate something in some way. And this gets into some of the elements of, of, of course, what doesn't get used in the interview. But again, it starts to provide a perspective of the person, in a sense, creating the primary source. So we've got the person being interviewed, but we also have the person framing a question and asking questions in certain ways to elicit certain types of information. And having that full picture, having all of those pieces together is a real benefit when students are trying to analyze and not just make sense of what that individual is saying, but also why they're saying it and maybe also what they're not saying or they're not sharing. There may be questions that simply weren't asked. And we're going to be able to see that in that full raw footage interview. Now, I will say that these interviews usually are fairly long. Uh, they can be well over an hour. And I would not expect any educators and definitely not students to probably sit through and listen to an entire interview, let alone multiple interviews. That's why one of the features that I really appreciate on AAPB's site is that most of these interviews, and these are being added to on a regular basis, and again, if you haven't listened to last, uh, the last episode, please do, because that Fix-It program is part of how these interviews are uh, and other material on AAPB's website have this feature. There are transcripts that accompany all of or most of these interviews. And these are searchable. You can go through and view this transcript, search the transcript, and every so many seconds, and I don't know the breakdown of it, but you'll see different play bars. And so you can start playing from a specific moment in the interview. You may back up and listen to an extra 10 or 20 seconds to get to the point that you want to listen to, but you can jump around very, very easily and target your listening on this particular interview as you go through and search to see if the individual being interviewed is speaking specifically on this topic. So I found a few interviews for my blog write-up uh, connecting with the Teacher's March picture book. And two of the individuals that were interviewed were Reverend F.D. Reese, he is the person who organized the march, and Sheriff Jim Clark. He was the sheriff in Selma 
when the march took place and there was a conflict between the marchers and Jim Clark. So both of them were interviewed and I specifically was looking for information connected with moments in the picture book. To be even more specific, I was looking for the march itself. What references did both of these individuals have about the march in their extensive interview that they gave? And they both spoke about it a fair amount, but I was able to just do a simple search in the transcript for Teacher's March and then look for those highlighted areas to see where that was mentioned and start my targeted play from there. And that only took besides listening to the segments themselves, maybe an extra couple of minutes to perform that search. So taking a much longer interview, targeting it down by using these searchable transcripts has been an amazingly valuable piece to AAPB's structure for educators and, and really for any users. As I'm looking for those search terms though, I'm getting all of those from the picture book itself. So as I'm reading through the picture book, and I think this can be done by other educators, but it can also be done by students if they're using a picture book as kind of a jumping off point to find their own primary sources. I'm doing first a read through just for content, just for me understanding and appreciating the picture book itself and the story and the illustrations. But then my next read through is all about looking for those keywords. What am I going to search for? What names am I going to be on the hunt for? What moments do I think might exist as primary sources somewhere online? And I brought all of that to AAPB to do my searches. Now, I didn't exclusively use the American Archive of Public Broadcasting in the curated set of primary sources that are listed in this blog post. I also found a news report that was posted up a few years ago and was from one of the other individuals in the march that was named in the book. And so added that to the list. So pulling all of those pieces together from a variety of reputable sources, I think was something that was the most time consuming. Because once I have those pieces, I can start to then say, okay, what are we going to do with them? How are students going to interact with both the picture book and the primary source now that I know exactly what we have, now that we have a solid offering here of a variety of sources? Finding them can be the hardest part. So the American Archive of Public Broadcasting, these specific long form, raw, unedited videos, uh, I think can be a really valuable resource to you and to your students. So please feel free to check them out, especially if any of those topics that I just read off seem to be topics that are connected to curriculum that your students learn and that you teach. I'll put one more plug in for my upcoming blog post. If you've never read it, I know that we've done uh, some interviews with authors. We've got some more coming up on the podcast. All of those do show up on my picture books and primary sources blog post that comes out monthly through KnowledgeQuest. I will link that in the notes and you are welcome to uh, peruse those. There's a lot of them that I write about and that I've written about over the last 
three plus years, I think now, uh, that obviously don't have authors directly connected with them, uh, but several others that do. And so uh, I've got interviews, but I've also have teaching strategies, uh, activity ideas, and with each one of them, a curated primary source set that goes along with the picture book. I would love to hear if you have used the Teacher's March, if you've used any of these interviews from the American Archive of Public Broadcasting in any of your teaching, please let me know. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Captain Library. And keep an eye open for the upcoming blog post. It should show up at the end of this month, January of 2021. And I really look forward to sharing that with you all and sharing it with my students as well. Thanks so much for listening.